Welcome back to Aliyah Yami. Today we're going to be finishing up Vayelech by looking at the last Aliyah, Shvi'i. The Aliyah is six psukim long, running from Perek Lamed out of Pasuk Chof Hei to Lamed. And what is interesting about this Aliyah is the topic is the warning of the leaders. So what does that mean? Moshe Rabbeinu now commands the Levim, who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, to take the Torah and place it next to the Aaron as an aid, as a witness. And he says, why? Because I know your stubbornness that even while I'm alive, you rebelled against me, and certainly you will after I die. So he tells them to gather the elders, the judges, the officers to speak to them. And he says, I'll bring to bear the witness the heavens and the earth, because after my death, I know you will sin and stray from, from, from the path of Hashem. And then Moshe then read them the song until its completion, which refers to Pasha Zazino, which we're about to start. A few basic questions to look at. Number one is, where does this Torah live? So Moshe has finished writing his Torah scroll, whether this means Torah scroll or Ha'az. You know, it sounds like at this point in time, Torah is explicitly referring to the scroll of Moshe Rabbeinu. So where does it live? So Rashi quotes the Gemara in Baba Basra, which, uh, which has a debate as to where the Torah actually lived. The one opinion of Chazal is that it actually fit in the Ark. So there was the Luchos, the Shirei Luchos, and there was also the Aaron. And the, the Gemara goes into working out the dimensions of how that was possible. The Gomorrah then presents another possibility that it actually wasn't in the Aaron itself. There wasn't enough space, and it, there was on a, a little ledge. There was a little protruding um, shelf which came out of the side of the Aaron, and on that was where the Torah lived. Now, why is it there? So Rav Sarotskin points out that ideologically this is very important. It's not about learning. This Torah was not about learning. Learning had to be done on a daily basis in every per- per- person's house, and it could not be you know, accessed to the only article of learning which would be found in the Kodash HaKadoshim. Rather, this is, in a certain sense, like the platinum meter in uh, in France in, in a very highly secure vault there is a platinum meter which is a meter an exact meter to the micromillimeter which is uh, which is made of platinum which does it in a in a vacuum area with re- de- uh, um, replicas um, also kept for safety under lock and key and that serves as we'll call it the world standard of what the the meter is same thing with weight as well the the the, the kilogram in order that when people want to stabilize, normalize standards, they will come to um, Paris and they will use that as the ultimate, we'll call it objective standard. That's what this is. Because there will be time throughout history where people will come and say, the Torah is different, it didn't mean this really, the morals of society have shown us that things are different and the Torah really didn't mean it and the chauvinistic, backwards, or ancient, you know, uh, patriarchal and, and all these things you hear about the Torah in a in a in a, this a, a, anachronistic crit- postmodern criticism of the Torah, says Rosrotskin, well that's why the Torah is kept as in the holiest of holies, untouchable, because this will be the center, the central um, source of what Torah is, and it cannot be abrogated or changed or or uh, redacted um, by people based on the winds of change or, or or the fashions of different societies. Now, why is Moshe calling together all the leaders? So the Chizkuni points out that up till now he has warned them about with the future, but now he is actually bringing them to testimony, and this is actually the action which is happening here as well, which is why this is necessary. Now, how can Moshe Rabbeinu make such a prediction about this that after his after his death they're going to uh, they're going to sin? And he says this to everybody. So Rav Hirsch says, if you are creating a religion, and there have been many people who have created their own little cults and all kinds of exciting things, um, so if you are making your own religion, this is the one thing you really wouldn't say. So let's say you, you you've created your cult and you've got all 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 these members of people these this following off, uh, of, and you know that it's going to come time for you to pass pass on. 
the one thing you would not say is that everybody after your death is going to now disobey the religion and going to not listen to it. I mean, that, that's suicide. So why, why would any rational human being say this if they have the intention of, uh, of the longevity of this enterprise? So Rav Hirsch points out that it's very clear that this is a divine document, a divine idea said by HaKadosh Baruch. HaKadosh Baruch is the only one who can give a prophecy that everybody is going to, dis- is going to uh, run away from the Torah, but at the same time, they're also going to, um, as the previous Eliezer had said, that it's never going to be forgotten completely. It's will always be here, even though people will contest it. That's only something that HaKadosh Baruch, the Almighty, could possibly say about the future, knowing what will happen, and, and at the same time assuring that it will, that it will be still maintained. Finally, one last point as you close the parasha is, is being stubborn a compliment or an insult? If you notice over here at the, the, the end of the Torah, the Torah reading, Moshe Rabbeinu says about the nation of Israel, because I know that you are a stubborn people. I know that you are a, a very difficult and stubborn people. So, uh, um, your, your strong stiff-neckedness. So the Malbim says that actually it is both good and bad. On the one hand, you'll see throughout the history that Jews have been willing to throw themselves into the fire for their religion. Incredibly stubborn and, and brave people. The other, uh, on the other hand, people want to remain Jewish, but throw out all the internal organs of Judaism. So they won't keep Shabbos, they won't keep Kashrus, they'll say they're Jewish, they'll proclaim new way that Judaism is supposed to work. Remember, the Malbim is living in the 19th century and he's talking to about certainly the reform movement at the time. And he's saying, look, you throw out the engine of the whole Jude- of Judaism and very stubbornly say this is called Judaism. When you redraw the rules of the game, that's, that's also the negative side of stubbornness as well. So the Malbim says that, that this stubbornness is going on the one hand, mean that a Jew will never be able to fully run away from the religion, but will try to run away from all the internal parts of that religion as well, which is what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying over here. With this, we close um, the parasha of Vayelech and have a wonderful and meaningful Shabbos.